Hi, I'm Gail, a grateful compulsive overeater and anorexic. And uh, I brought a book, but this is a big meeting, and these pictures just say how it was. Um, it's a little bit emotional. I got abstinent in this room um, th over 30 years ago, but I lost my abstinence. And I met my sponsor here, Jean S., in these rooms and I haven't been I've been to this meeting but across the street and I hadn't actually walked into the log cabin and it's bringing up a lot of emotions and memories um, a little bit about myself uh, when I came back into this, these rooms 19 years of, after losing my abstinence I was 350 pounds and I couldn't stop eating um, I'm in another 12-step program and that's well and good, but I lost my abstinence um, out of fear, not going to meetings and not doing the work. And I can't do it alone, and I need you like I need my blood, because I, I don't have the answers. Um, I'm 62 years old. I don't weigh myself. That's part of it. My highest weight was around 350. I couldn't fit into men's 44 jeans when I walked back in these rooms. My lowest weight, which qualifies me as an anorexic, is 109 pounds. And um, I used to work in Beverly Hills. And because of the dieting, and if you're familiar with the protein sparing fast, one of my customers paid for me to um, do that. And as a child, I was more on the anorexic side, didn't like to eat. And when I did that protein-sparing fast, it kicked in the anorexia again. And I would end up at Cedars-Sinai thinking this was totally normal. I was so emaciated that I needed electrolytes. So during work, I'd go in there for an hour and get the electrolytes put in my arm and go back to work so I could work in Beverly Hills. Insanity. Um, I came from an alcoholic family. There was a lot of violence. My father drank. Uh, I was born in Hollywood. And, um, you know, he was a hard worker. I have a brother and sister who don't have the ism. I do. I, have, I could go to all 12-step programs, every 12-step program. <laughs> I am compulsive in every area of my life. And... Uh, after, well, I was born in Hollywood, we moved to the San Fernando Valley, and for all intents and purposes, it looked like Ozzie and Harriet. My father was a hard worker. He worked from being a truck driver to owning the business. Uh, he and my mom bought. He built two homes. He would swear to throw her down from the upstairs. Um, the most traumatic thing I can remember is when I was 13, um, they were fighting and he had guns and he went up he yelled that he was going to go upstairs and shoot himself and i ran outside beautiful home horses everything looked great he shot the gun and i thought he killed himself and when i went back in the house he was walking downstairs laughing and he said did i scare you guys well at 13 he pretty much traumatized me um i didn't care for food as a child my mother was obsessed with my weight uh, I don't think I really got, well, when I first came in these rooms, I was 225. I was about 100 pounds overweight. And uh, through my 20s, I went to therapy. I went to doctors. 
I have a form that I filled out for a doctor in Century City. I said, I need help. I am crazy with food. I either starve, diet. I've been on over 70 diets. I've lost 70, 60, 40, you know, consistently obsessed with food or not eating food. Um, after I had done that protein sparing fast, I could go two months without eating, doing drugs and alcohol. And needless to say, when I walked into these rooms, I was pretty wrecked. Um, I've been married twice. I have a son that I was abstinent and sober when I had him. And I lost my abstinence when he was about two years old. I was going through a divorce and I just, I started adding cereal to my food. Um, I eat out of trash cans. When I was young, I was a waitress. I, I had no qualms of taking the food in the kitchen and grabbing food off somebody else's plate. Um, before I came back, I remember I would binge and think, I just can't binge anymore. I would throw the food in a bag and throw it in the trash, and the next morning I would go out and get it and say, what was I thinking? How could I throw this away? I need it. Um, What happened, well, that's my experience. So I gained, I lost, I dieted. My mother had me on SIGO when I was nine at 11. Um, in the 60s, they used to send, as children, you could go to a diet doctor and he would give you speed, little pills, three times a day. So I was real peppy at 13 and 11 years old. And I'm hyper anyway, so, you know, I was speedy. And she was happy, and my mother's an anorexic. And so any kind of weight that you look overweight, and she'll tell me to my face, I hate fat people. And here I am, if you see my pictures, I was grossly obese. And I couldn't stop. I can't, I have a problem with food, you know, and I need this program. And uh, after I got sober in another program, uh, the girl that took me under her wing, said I came in I was about 225 and I was sitting in a, a meeting place out in Glendale and she looked at me and she said you know at your weight at you should not be wearing white sweatpants and I looked at her and I was in such a fog I go yeah you're probably right she said but you know there is a 12-step program that can help you and I said what I've never I never had heard of um Overeaters Anonymous, and she told me about it. And I, I don't remember the first meeting. It was sometime in March, 30 years ago. And I walked in, and I heard the same message that I heard in the other rooms. And I said, oh, my God. And I got abstinent, and I got a sponsor, and I did what she told me, and I took the weight off. Unfortunately, I had an agenda. And when I came back into these rooms three years, I've been abstaining three years, eight months, uh, in two weeks and I came back on February 8th not of my own accord but my brother called me because I uh, had gotten a job I had been working at home while I was raising my son and uh, I went out to work because I, I just wasn't making enough money and one day I, I would tell him oh yeah I really like my job and the next day I'd say oh you know I just I can't stand it I can't stand him so on February uh, 8th he called me early in the morning and he said uh, how's your job and I said oh god I hate it he said you know what Gail 
why don't you go back to Overeaters Anonymous? My brother was homeless at the time. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, I've really been thinking about it. Yeah, just thinking about it. And, um, you know, I had almost seven years of abstinence, of eating three meals a day, no sugar, no flour. And um, I hadn't hit my bottom. That's all I can say. If you're struggling, just keep coming back because something happened on that day. I was... I had no makeup on, I was missing a tooth on the bottom, I wore a scarf, I only wore black clothes, I had, you know, and I'm going to be rigorously honest, I hadn't taken a shower in two weeks, I couldn't even stand the water to be on my skin. Was I depressed? Probably. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I haven't taken medication in over 30 years. I tried to commit suicide in my 20s, I took strychnine before I got sober. And uh, I ended up at Cedars, and they said, we don't have a remedy for this. And they pumped my stomach, and obviously I'm here. I've been on Haldol. I've been on lithium. I've been on Valium. I've been self-medicated with every single medication that you can imagine, self-medicated. And it didn't fix me. Nothing fixed me. This is a spiritual program, and that's what I heard. I knew it with my other program, and this one, I just kept thinking, I can get it together, and I can't. Um, so I'm, I'm drug-free. I've been in jail five times. I was arrested when I was 18 for grand theft auto and uh, narcotics. And... Uh, I, if I could be arrested for, you know, compulsively eating, you should have seen the back of my 57 Chevy in my late teens. I'd go into the drive-thru and just throw the food, and it was piled high, and I didn't care, you know, but I couldn't stop eating, and I really didn't have a weight problem because I was very active. But as I got older, the, the weight started coming on. So on February 8th, my brother said go to a meeting, and I said I'd been thinking about it. I had been thinking about it for about the year before. My son was grown, and, you know, when he moved out, it was like, let's party. Nobody's checking what I'm eating here. And uh, I just, I couldn't stop binging. But the year before, well, backing up, everything I ate over all those years, obviously I'm still standing here. And everything worked out. But my dis-ease with living will tell me, that I gotta figure out the answer and if I don't have the answer I better shove something in my mouth and that's what I did and today I still have problems my life is imperfect um, cleaning up the wreckage of the past because when you're compulsive eating your life gets my life gets very very out of whack so I um, he said no just hang up the phone and find a meeting and I said okay I went on the computer, and I saw this meeting in Glendale, and I was late, but I went. And I walked back into these rooms, and I cried for four months. I went to 30 meetings in 30 days. I, um, I sat there, and I was so uncomfortable, and my ego and pride, I was afraid I would see people. And I had maintained, I was 125 pounds, and I got pregnant, and I abstained through my pregnancy, and I lost my weight after my son. And to, have, to see people that I knew was so embarrassing, but you know what, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see anybody I knew, and finally, after about a month or two, I saw one person. 
So that shows you how many people. Of course, I went to a lot of meetings on this side of the hill when I was abstinent before. But And when I was pregnant and I was at, after I had my son, I had meetings in my home. People came to my home and we had meetings and it helped me abstain. So I went to the meeting and I thought, I'm running out of here after this meeting. I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I know I need to come back, but I don't want to talk. And this woman... Just as I was walking out the door, she goes, oh, are you a newcomer? And I said, oh, no. Mm -mm." I said, I have 19 years of relapse. She said, oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, She said, said, what's your binge? I said, sugar, I can't stop sugar. She goes, okay, I'll tell you what. Here's my phone number. Call me. Don't eat sugar for 30 days. I don't care if you eat anything and everything all day long. Anorexia, uh... Duh, I'm not going to eat all day long. (laughs) But, you know, that's the insanity. I was defiant. So I went home. I had a meal. And I haven't binged since. And it makes me cry because I couldn't stop. I could not stop the food. And I'm a night eater. And once I start with the sugar, I cannot stop. And there was day after day I'd be at Ralph's at 9 o'clock. And I'd say, okay, this is the last time I'm going. This is the last time. And I didn't have a lot of money, but I had my binge down to 4, like 95. And I could do it, you know, every day. And I remember laying in bed at night thinking, I'm going to burn my esophagus. I had such bad acid reflux. It felt like somebody took a torch and and burned my insides. Uh, So anyways, I haven't had acid reflux since. Um, I called her every day. I thought she said to go to 30 meetings in 30 days. My tires were bald. I didn't have a lot of money for gas. I was was raised here. I was driving around the valley. I'd get lost. I'd make it to a half hour of a meeting, but I did it. And I called her. She goes, I'm surprised you're calling me. And I said, I need this program. I want it. I'll do anything. And it says it in the big book. We will go to any length. I will go to any length. I can't do it my way. I don't have my answers. I do a lot of sponsoring. I don't have anybody's answers. All I know is that I use the big book. And for me, I use the AA 12 and 12, and I do read the OA 12 and 12. And I think it goes back to when I first came in. This is all we had. Um, What does it look like today? I abstained. I didn't... I'm a compulsive weigher. I can get on the scale a hundred times a day, especially when I'm anorexic. Eat something, see what I weigh. I haven't weighed since I was um, two months pregnant with my son, and the doctors weighed me, but I turned my back because it would make me crazy when I knew I was going to gain weight from being pregnant. But anyways, I've gone down almost between 10 and 11 pant sizes. I have not dieted. And this is only my experience. Everybody has to do it their way. I have three meals a day. I do not eat sugar. I do not eat in between meals. I haven't had to call my food in when I uh, left the sponsor that I started with. I worked with this woman for one day. She asked me to write down my food, and I was crazy. I'm like, am I going to eat it? I don't know if I feel like eating it. And it was one day of insanity, so I just didn't do it. The woman I work with now has 31 years of abstinence, healthy body weight. She's in her 70s, and she has what I want. She's very loving, and sometimes I go through times when I'm feeling like she just likes me too much, and there's 
there's something wrong with her because she likes me. But I keep calling her, and she asks me to call her every day. And over the last three years and four months, I almost call her every day. Um, she has me do readings, and I don't like doing the readings, but I do it because that's what she wants me to do, and I want to stay abstinent. Um, for me, the answer is in the steps. I am powerless over food, and that was pretty easy to take. I uh, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, could restore me to sanity. I was pretty crazy. And uh, one day at a time, I'm being restored to sanity. Um, step three, uh, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. That's a really hard one for me. Yeah, you can have my food and you can have this, but, you know, my relationships, my job, I got that covered. I'm slowly, slowly, slowly surrendering. Uh, I did a fourth step on my ex-husband when I came back four months into it. He passed away when my son was 15. Do you know how many times I binged and the resentment and the anger? I can't even count. I would think of putting a, a, something in his gas tailpipe so his car would explode. I had so much anger and rage for what he put me through. And you know what? After doing the inventory, I'm not a victim. And I made choices that weren't healthy for me. And now I try to say, is this good for me? Is this good for me? What a concept. It's such a little thing. But working these steps, um, admitting my faults, you know, to another person, um, making amends. I know I, after I did that inventory, he's at uh, Forest Lawn. I went there and got on my knees and I said, I am so sorry for the anger and the resentment I had towards you. And I had like this gaping hole in my heart from the hurts from him. And after I did that, it wasn't his fault, it was my choice and uh, to marry him. And it was like, it was gone, it was just gone. Um, you know, I've, I've worked all the steps, uh, admitted to God to my, uh, and to another human being. I'm working on another inventory right now. Uh, we're entirely ready to have God remove all my defects of character. Not all the time, you know. I'm stubborn. I'm defiant. I write about it. I have a lot of ego and pride that I think I know the answers. But, you know, my answers got me to 350 pounds, and I think I'm done with this. So thank you for letting me share. And uh, keep coming back. It works. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own. That's me. And those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Prayer and meditation. Uh, it started when I first came in. I was so obese I couldn't get on my knees. But I put pillows next to my bed, and I bent my knee, one knee, as much as I could. And I said, God, this is the best I can do, and there'll be a day when I'll get on my knees. And it's grown. I do about 15 minutes every morning, every morning. I don't miss. And if I start to leave, I'll go back and do my meditation. I have to. What is my meditation? I read 86 and 87. I read uh, the Serenity Prayer. I read page... 75. Now I do this every day and I still have to look it up. 
senility, I think, or too much in my brain. Uh, let's see. On page, uh, it's during this process, it's on page 75. I read the 11th step prayer. Uh, also, I had have started, before I do my meditation, is to um, think of any resentments I have because resentments took me down. So I kind of go in my mind and say, you know, who am I resentful for? Please help me. Because I'm powerless. I can't control my feelings. My feelings are my feelings. And my def- and a lot of them are so many defects. I can't get rid of them. So I do that first, then I go through the prayers. Then um, I have a list that I read and pray for. I... Um, also pray for my family and for a lot of people and I pray to surrender my will because I'm so stubborn and you know I still am at the same job it'll be four years and I have been looking for work and it hasn't changed I just surrender it you know my life doesn't have to look like I think it has to look because that's what I want it to look like but it doesn't but I'm abstaining and that's a miracle so that's what I do and at night before I go to sleep if I'm not over exhausted I try to do you know to look back at my day and not only look at the things I do wrong because that's me you know I'm the morose type you know I'm the piece of shit under the rug and uh I, I try to look at the things that I've done in the in the right way, and that helps me. Um, I've been to the body image workshop four times in the last uh, three years and eight months. It has really helped a lot because for me, I need to be wafy thin to be thin, and um, that's part of me not weighing myself. Um, When you lose, I probably have lost over 200 pounds and I'm 62 years old. My body didn't spring back like when I was 32, when I lost 100 pounds. Acceptance of it, I pray for that. And thank God for clothes. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to be going to the nude beach like when I was a kid. And uh, (laughs) prancing around. But... Um, and I, I exercise, you know, and that helps. I, I can hike eight miles now, which is miraculous. I couldn't walk up my steps. Um, yeah, it's an issue, but I, I surrender it on a daily basis. Uh, it plays a big part of my recovery. Uh, when I first came back, I knew that I needed to do service, but the only thing I really qualified was delegate. So I went to intergroup, and I did that for almost a year. Really helped. Sitting through those grueling meetings was painful, but I knew that I had to do it. And uh, I did R2 in the first year. It was a little bit overwhelming, newly abstinent, but I did it. And then, um, you know, it just helps. I've done speaker chair, uh I'm in inner group now, and I do a lot of service that way. It helps. I need to do service. And, you know, if it's taking your phone call and returning your phone call, any type of form of service that I'm not in my head because it's a crazy place, and the more that I get out of myself and think of others, not in the point that I'm learning self-care this time. You know, how, what's good for me? What is good for me? I never ask myself that. Um, so service is very big. For me and it helps 
Well, what was amazing when I started the abstinence, I said it's not going to be a diet. And, um, you know, that's my go-to place. Restrict, get down, get the weight off. That'll fix me. It's an inside thing. It's a spiritual problem. And that's what I see today. So um, I do weigh and measure my cereal because that was my slip when I uh, was around the first time. Just adding a little bit. Going, i got to go to court on this divorce. And I just need that little edge. Just a little bit. Well... That was the slippery slope that took me back to compulsive eating. So I do weigh and measure that. I put my food on the plate, and that's it. I do not go back for seconds. Uh, When I worked with that woman for one day who said to call in my food, I said, you know, there's times when I don't want to finish my meal. I'm full. I never felt full. I never felt full. I think in the first abstinence I did, and it grew and and, um, got to the point where food was not the problem. But this time I really saw that that, I call it my lower stomach hunger, and it's like I could go in and take the refrigerator and it wouldn't fill, but that's my spiritual Thing. That's where I need to go. So um, three meals a day, nothing in between. Put it on the plate. I used to lay in bed and binge. Do not lay down and eat. I sit down. These are the rules that I've tried to follow. Um, it's just worked. The, the obsession to compulsively eat. Oh, I was saying, I called that woman and she said, well, you've got to finish everything on your plate. And I said, but I'm full. And I knew that I couldn't work with her because when I'm full, I put the food away and that's it. And sometimes I pack it up and take it for lunch the next day. That's not Gail. I can't do that. It's my higher power. I was raised Catholic. Out of the three children, I was the only one of us that went to 12 years of Catholic school. And the reason that I continued after my parents' divorce is because I took a job and paid for my, uh, back then Catholic school was like a hundred and some dollars a year, and I paid for it. My mother wouldn't, but I was terrified after my parents got divorced that my life was in shambles and I needed my friends. So I went to Catholic school. Um, I believed in God, but I had a punishing God, and if I do anything wrong, I'm going to go to hell. And uh, one, well, anyways, so I, I did have a belief, but... Uh, at 17, I can remember, I was driving the 405 from Silmar, and I said, F God, I don't believe in him. Not for this life. For the next 14 years, I just abandoned all that. I wasn't an atheist, and I was angry at him, so I had to have some kind of belief because I wouldn't have had a belief. I mean, I wouldn't have been angry at something that wasn't there. But when I came back, I knew that I had to find something. And I think at first I looked at the rooms and I saw your faces and I saw the recovery and that helped. And it's evolved. And when I came back this time, once again, I was really angry. And there's a a little red book. It's not conference approved, but it's called Came to Believe. And uh, I read a page every day and something started to shift. And today it's a lot different. I believe in God. I believe that he wants the best for me. I believe that I need to align my will with his. And he is not going to send me to hell when I make a mistake because that is what I feel like I'm a six-year-old. I made a mistake and I'm going to go to hell. But not today. It's changed a lot. I'm learning to be kind. 
to myself. I'm learning. I heard this woman say she had 26 years. She said she loved herself and the tears just streamed. I'm very harsh on myself. I'm very perfectionistic. And I said that when I walked back in and I said, here, look at me. I'm 350 pounds and I'm a perfectionist. But I am, you know, in my head. That's where my disease resides. I want to be perfect. Well, I make mistakes. The kind of job I do, uh, there's a lot of writing and perfectionistic type things. And I make mistakes and I get to say, you know what? I made a mistake and I admit it. I know that. I have to do that and not hide it. And um, I'm learning to be gentle and kind to myself. And I think the kind of abstinence I have is so different than I ever had. It's allowing me to find out my true self and my feelings. And I'm starting to care for myself for the first time in my life, you know, and that I'm not perfect. My body's not perfect. I'm not at the perfect weight, you know, in quotations. So what? I feel comfortable. That's what I feel. I, I get uncomfortable about feelings, but I can sit in these rooms and like, here's my body. You know, it begins and it ends, but I'm comfortable. And the, the insides are changing. Things that I never believed that could change are changing really deep things. Thank you. Messy food days. Um, I haven't had very many. And I think the idea that I put the food on the plate helps me a lot and not going back for seconds even sometimes when I think oh I would like to have a second um, I they we talk about the pink cloud I don't feel like I'm in a pink cloud but I feel like I'm really really comfortable with what I eat and I try I used to just shove food so quickly it's just changed the, the relaxation that I have. I don't want to hurry up and eat. I just want to sit there. And I find when I do that, it really helps. And I, I, I feel comfortable with my food. He didn't recognize me. Um, he's very proud of me. I feel out of all the things that I've done in my life, I was sober and clean. And I was abstinent for his younger years. I feel like... Um, it's a good relationship. He's very independent. I homeschooled him for 12 years, and uh, I like who he is. I don't enable him. He's very independent. He's not. The, he's 25 years old. He's never asked me for money. He makes his own money. He's responsible, and um, I love him dearly. When he first moved out, it was kind of hard. You know, I we had a very close relationship for many years and the minute he could get out it was like no he didn't move right out he was about 20 and it was like oh my god you know the empty nest it's really empty but um you know and I wrote about it and that's one thing I did all these years even though I didn't abstain I wrote and um he's got his own god and it's it's a very healthy relationship and he's not a compulsive eater and when he went through puberty I didn't go your stomach's getting a little bigger you know I let him do and he's tall and thin and I, I have to say I'm really glad I didn't eat sugar when I was carrying him because he doesn't have that kind of obsession for that addiction type of thing and he comes from two addictive people so but maybe he will I don't know I'm powerless thanks for asking I'm very comfortable. Uh, I can eat anywhere. 
do one plate. Um, my first sponsor this time told me, I told her I wanted to take flour out of my abstinence. I said sugar and flour, and she goes, why? I said, well, flour becomes sugar. And she goes, oh, so did you lose your sobriety? Because it turns to alcohol also. And I said, no, no, I'm still sober. <laughs> and uh, she said, I would advise you to leave it. And I do sometimes have a slice of bread when I go out, and it hasn't brought up the compulsion. Um, almost any restaurant, I can get the foods that I eat. I mean, I eat almost everything except sugar, and it's very comfortable. I call her every day. I do writing if I feel like I need to do the writing. I read it to her. Um, I see her at meetings. Uh, I don't always take her direction. I have a problem with, like all of us, taking direction. Um, the first time around, I listened to everything she said and did everything she said. Today, I listen and I check it out with somebody else. And I stand up to her as well as I can, sometimes uh, about my job situation. She kept saying, oh, you know, you're going to get this great job and you're going to make money again. You made money before. And all of a sudden, over a, a period, I've been looking for a job for two years and I put out a lot of applications. Nothing's happened. Um, about a month ago, I told her, I said, you're causing me a lot of anxiety talking about my job. I said, I've been looking. I'm turning it over to God, and I'm really uncomfortable. And she goes, oh, no problem. You know, she just kind of lightened up. So I, I'm learning. I have trust issues, and it's growing. I've worked with her for three years and four months. So, yeah, it's, it's a good relationship. And I, I, at one point, about six months ago, I thought, she's too nice. You know, I need somebody to kick my... And, you know, I said, that's the disease, you know, I want to be braided and shoved, and she's loving and kind. So I really appreciate, she's not my higher power, she's not my God, she does have what I want. She's got 31 years of abstinence and looks great, but she's not my higher power, and that's where I go to for a lot of things. It's horrible to be binging and sober. You know, <laughs> I liked it when I was drunk and high and I binge. <laughs> but, you know, being sober and binging is pretty painful. And watching yourself go from like a size six to a men's 44 was pretty painful. And knowing I could not stop. And I tried and, you know, I kept journals and I've been reading them to my sponsor. And in 2007, I got abstinent and I was writing about it. And I said, I can't believe it. I got I'm abstinent again. But I hadn't gone to meetings. I need these rooms. I go to five to seven meetings a week. Do I have problems with night eating? No, not. And I did. That's when I. That's why I go to meetings at night because I sit in the rooms and I, I get what I need to hear. And I make a lot of phone calls. You know, I sponsor, but I also make my own phone calls, three to four a day, outreach. I haven't seen somebody. I'll call them. You know, just doing service that way. But the obsession for today, and it's only on a daily basis, I have no doubt in my mind, I have to take care of today. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today, and today the obsession. So far I'm abstinent today. Thank you. And that's it.